Okay, we're back. I took the liberty of just clearing the screen to save some memory, so um, don't panic that all of the little scribbles are gone. I will put them back up um, a little bit later. But where we need to go now is into uh, decoding and fluency in depth, starting with letter-sound correspondence, which remember is at uh, first grade, and then we'll move through the rest of these areas of onsets and rhymes, phonics, simple polysyllabic words, and, and fluency. So let's uh, turn to our notes now. We're done with the foundations of reading, and we're just going to stand our notes, and then we'll use our notes together with a little model to uh, learn everything that we need to learn. So where we are now is with the coding and fluency, which is first through third grade. So please get on that page, and let's start talking about decoding and fluency. Now the first thing that you should know is that it's going to start with letter sound correspondence in first grade. It will ultimately end with fluency in third grade and certainly by the time we are done you will have a much more complete understanding of what fluency is. But the place that we start is with letter sound correspondence and we start with something called the alphabetic principle. Now, I'm going to do a, quite a bit of shorthand on here, and I'll repeat things so you can write them down, but when we start with the alphabetic principle, what we're trying to convey is that one letter stands for one sound. So one letter will stand for one sound. Now that is going to be a nice starting point because it makes sense for a number of words, like A is for ape. Here we have a one-to-one -one correspondence between the letter name and the long vowel that appears at the start of the word. So one-to-one -one works with this, with the alphabetic principle. A is for A. B is for B. Well, that letter, name, and the first sound heard in that word is just a B. And that's how I'll transcribe B. That's not really how you do it, but for our purposes that'll suffice. So there's a one-to-one -one correspondence between the letter name and the initial sound heard in the word. And the same is true with city. C, city. We have a soft C sound for the letter name, and we have a soft C sound at the beginning of the word, so the alphabetic principle makes sense and works for all of these um, letter, all of these uh, these words with the initial sound. Well, the problem is that English is not phonetically regular. We have to then move beyond the alphabetic principle so that the child can understand that it isn't just one sound associated with a letter, but many sounds can be associated with a given letter. Like A is for ape, that's true, but A is also for apple. A can be for apple with a short vowel association. Think about the schwa sound, the schwa that we hear in the word about, because we don't say about or about, it's about, it's a different sound. Even the letter B has a different sound associated with it. For example, B for B, but B for bat, so. There's a B sound associated with the letter B, so that it's not just one sound that's associated with it, but there are, can be more than one sound associated with a given letter. And the same is true with cat. C for cat. Not only is there a s sound, but there's also a k sound because we don't say cat. Now, I really want to drive this home. This illustrates why those foundations that we learned about uh, just a, a, a few uh, minutes ago are so, so critical. I want you to think about this letter. Let's think about the letter D together, and I'll use the letter D for my illustration. The letter D actually has two different sounds associated with it, two allophones. These allophones can be heard in this word, 
you can write down, if you would, worked, and that's how I'm spelling work today, apparently, worked and in the word tagged. Now let's look at D in both of those environments if we could. If you say worked, worked, there's actually a t sound associated with that letter D. Tagged, tagged. You can hear a d sound associated with that letter D. Well, what's going on in here? Well, if you want to understand this, just put your hand gently on your throat and say worked, worked. In this case, that consonant has no voice. What does that mean? Say it again, worked. Your throat doesn't vibrate. Since your throat doesn't vibrate on that consonant, guess what? The D will not vibrate. Now think about tagged, tagged. If you feel your throat, that G or both of those G's together are vibrating. That is going to make this D also vibrate. And that's why in one case you get a T sound, no voice, and a D sound with voice. Now this illustrates the foundations clearly. If the child has no concepts about print and is not able to identify the letters, well there's no point in even beginning with this. But at the same time, if the child lacks phonemic awareness, the awareness of phonemes, and the ability to segment, then they're going to have a very difficult time with sound letter associations. So to sum this up, the foundations are not just there arbitrarily. They serve a purpose, a very important purpose. That very important purpose, if you look at your model, is simply to exit a child with the ability to name letters and the ability to identify individual sounds in a word so that by first grade or in first grade they can learn what you're looking at on the screen right here. This very beginning sound letter correspondence which will never make sense unless they have unless they have these foundations down. Okay, well when we come back we're going to take a look at early and late onset rhyme instruction with a child who is presumably proficient with letter sound correspondence. See you back here in a second.